0: Welcome back to the Nostalgia Plus Social Podcast. My name is Nostalgia. Joining me is As Told by Zo. What's good, my guy? What is up, man? Not much, man. I'm excited for today. Uh, we or tonight, actually, another after-hours session, you know, mm-hmm. kind of after-hours session coming you coming at you guys with another jukebox episode this is episode two i know it's been a minute i know we wanted to be more consistent with the jukebox episodes but a lot of anime stuff we had some we had some guests on we had rainy on we had our second uh themed episode out of nowhere so we're kind of trying to get back on track here and we have our second jukebox episode if you have liked our jukebox playlist you know please feel free to let us know about it i uh Recommend some songs to put it in as well. Like, we'd love to hear some of the stuff sure. you guys have. Um, and, yeah, we could we could keep moving that way. Um, real quick, quality of life changes. One, I finally got the mic that I'm going to use when I start doing YouTube videos. Woo. have no idea. I'm using it right now, so I have no idea when that's going to be or what, what's, what's going to look like. But I got the mic that I needed. Uh, two, uh, it's the end of an era. My afro is now officially gone. <laughs> So if you're, if you're listening on audio, I have a I have a do rag on. I cut my hair short. Uh, it's the end of an era. I oh, haven't had short hair. hair. I haven't had short hair since I was like 18, and so it's been a it's been a different experience. So, bro, I think uh, the last time you had short hair was freshman year when we went to go clean the park, dude. And there's oh that picture God. we took, <laughs> dude. That shit is crazy. I actually, you know, I had it freshman year christmas break like i came back from christmas break. like i had a fro i grew it out mm-hmm. during during freshman year college i came back and then all of a sudden you know i chopped it off again and so i think that was the last time i had long hair or short hair rather was like
1: yeah
0: during christmas time of, of, of my freshman year of college but hey we're back you know it's the end of an era had to get rid of it at some point in time so <laughs> we're back Back to the do rags and hats all summer and however long, whatever. (laughs) So today uh, we got some albums that we're reviewing. uh, Mm -hmm. One big one, one kind of controversial, not controversial, but like one that's. The way Twitter talks about it, the way, yeah, the way Twitter talks about it's a little controversial or I think with both of these albums and then one personally that I came back to. That we didn't get a chance to cover originally when we were when we were doing episodes, but one that I came back to as a result of listening to a current album we're going to talk about today. Um, and so the first one up before that, go ahead. Real quick. This has nothing to do with music.
1: Oh, wait, actually, kind of, because I have a fun fact about it. Uh, yesterday I saw everywhere, everything, everywhere all at once. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Phenomenal really phenomenal it's incredible how a movie so fundamentally dumb can make me cry hmm i i cried no way it's great it was it was cool and a fun fact uh andre 3000 played flute on four of the songs in the soundtrack really
0: didn't know he played flute oh no there's videos of him like walking around atlanta with like this pan flute like, Didn't that's, know a, that. that's a common thing.
1: <laughs> well, he hopped on. I read somewhere it's like, oh, he hopped on four tracks, and I'm like, oh shit, he has verses.
0: Nope. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like several of like um, videos of Audrey 2000 just like casually walking through like the Atlanta airport or just downtown Atlanta at like a little Five Points and stuff like that, like playing a pan flute or whatever. It's it's pretty funny, but it's like he's just a regular guy just living. <laughs> and then quick
1: before we get into the Music, my mom bought me Ramune today.
0: Huh? This shit's fire, bro. Is it? Yeah. You ever had? I had a little bit. What is like? What's the flavor? Blueberry. Oh. But then,
1: oh, she got a, a pomegranate one, and it's got a, a Baruto Ber, Baruto character on it. Oh, who is it? And
0: and I, I, uh, well, you don't you don't watch Baruto, so you don't know. No.
1: And then I <laughs> I looked at my mom, I went Baruto. She was like, "What is that?" I was like, "That show sucks."
0: Oh my god! Okay, I'm not. I'm not gonna get into that. Uh, not not today. Not it. today. I'm not gonna get the Pandora's box today. We're not gonna do <laughs> that. <laughs> and we're back. I don't know. My mic's being weird again. You know, I, I change mics, and I still get the same result with the stupid, <laughs> with like yeah, the might, weird, like it might be your interface or, or your or your computer. It might be, I might have to double check that, but okay. So getting into things that people say are trash. Let's get into this, uh, let's get into this first album, which oh, is, which is <laughs> come home. The kids miss you by Jack Harlow. Um, so I know you, I mean, me, me and you probably have a little bit of different opinions on this album in general. Sure. Um, so like, I'll start with you. Like, what do you, what would you rate it? And then like, what did you kind of get from the album? what did you feel about it?
1: Uh, I mean, genuinely, I, j- I think it's just like a 5 out of 10. It was not, uh, he, nothing new was brought to the table, and it wasn't interesting. It's It was 15 songs of just the same stuff that Jack Harlow's been putting out since What's Poppin'. And, I mean, like, I like him. And I do, th- I do get excited for a new projects. I'm gonna be excited for his next one. He didn't let me down, you know. But uh, it's just the the whole. People on Twitter love. This is this is why I want to talk about it today. I'm just gonna get straight okay, into it. Okay, go ahead.
0: Go ahead.
1: It's just people on Twitter love to hype themselves up. I mean, I guess we all do, like. I'm gonna be hyped for the. I'm hyped for Kingdom Hearts Four, and I've seen thirty seconds of it. I get. I right. guess that's just what humans do. But then they blame the artist for making. I don't know. It's weird. It's just weird he drops this album, and it's like it's okay. It's got a few good songs. I don't know. I liked. Yeah. I kind of like Dua Lipa, and First Class is like catchy. Young Harleysy is horrific. Horrific. Okay. and so is movie star but uh it's just weird cause everyone was oh my god Jack Harlow's like it Jack Harlow's the fucking man now and Jack Harlow's the guy then he drops this album and everyone's just shitting on him everyone and I get it shitting on people's funny I do it on twitter all the time but it's <laughs> it's just it's just the switch up for this one was weird yeah and then it gets to the point where it's like Some people are like, what'd you expect? He's white. And it's like, other people are like, oh, he's not a white rapper. He's just a rapper who's white. And like, I kind of, I kind of get what that means. They're like, a white rapper is like Eminem. But then it just causes, it causes this controversy over an album that doesn't need to stay in people's minds that long. Honestly. And it's just, it's just, I just found it. Twitter was just so weird after this album dropped for, like, a week and a half. And they just kept, like, bringing it back up when no one else was talking about it. It's like, oh, but this album was
0: bad. And it's like, okay, move on with your life. It was just weird. It was just a weird time. I think it's... Well, yeah, I think it's also just how Twitter operates nowadays. But also... Yeah. Um, I think it's been, like, a meme because of the fact that, like, Jack has become very popular to the point where it's like you know it was okay for people that look like me for people that for black people look like me you get a lot of black women that are like lusting after jack harlow while some of it might be a joke some of it might be true and so when you get over to like the black side of twitter if jack harlow drops a bad album he's not going to hear the end of it because that's just how we operate mm-hmm. that's just how it is right sure but it's it's just funny it was, it was it's funny at first but i think also not warranted for the timetable it went for Like, for how long? I think the the jokes about it are funny. The jokes about Jack Holler are funny. Yeah, yeah. But saying the album was was ass, which, you know, you could have that opinion because I thought it was a 5 out of 10 as well. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. I think uh, an artist shouldn't be defined over one bad album. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Over one bad tape. I think, so I wrote some stuff down about it. Um, So other than the 5 out of 10, I put could have learned could have leaned into the drake sound more or a future sound which sounds weird when you think about it when it comes to hmm. jack harlow's music and what he's put out so far but hear sure. me out with this one so the cover art and the and the title the toxic come home, title the kids, come home the kids miss you right yeah. that sounds like a future album it sounds like and you look at future's album I never liked you, right? You you look at that album, you look <laughs> at the, you, right? Which is toxic in itself. Yeah. You look at the you look at the cover art, and it's like him with the the, the, the sleeping, the sleeping like mask on in a car or whatever, right? You get come home, the kids miss you. You get kind of a Drake slash Future type deal where it's Jack in a room by himself with the mic on a stool, looking mm-hmm. like he's gonna talk about some introspective stuff which is what I would have liked him to do or do that or go into a thing where he's just all toxic. You see what I'm saying? Like sure. stuff like Churchill Downs, Poison, Parent Trap, and the first half of Young Z. Not the second half, the first half of Young Harleyzy Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like those songs were perfect for something like that with like the come home, the kids miss you type toxic shit. Sure. That works. First class could be in there uh, too. And uh, nail tech. Nail tech isn't bad. I, think no I like is. Niltek. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. is a bat. Um, but the rest of it, I think he was – Like, I think he's very cookie-cutter hits, like attemp- yeah. hit attempts. Very cookie-cutter hit attempts, and I think that's not indicative of what Jack Harlow actually brings to the table. I tell mm-hmm. people all the time, Jack Harlow makes for-the-function music. Like, it's 100% just party ambiance. Sure. That's, his, that's his style. That's his sound, which – which is, in a lot knock. of ways, it's not a knock. It's a good thing. I would, yeah. if I'm at a party, like okay, again to boil it down even further, Jack Harlow is the pinnacle, or not pinnacle, the definition of for the hose music.
1: It's the for com- the hose. The
0: complete opposite of 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 Griselda Boys. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like it's like Jack Harlow's music is for the hose music. Yeah. If I'm going to like a function, I'm going to a party, I'm going to a club, I would much rather hear Jack Harlow because you know, like that's just gonna get people like dancing grooving having a good time that it but the problem is that and what's funny is when i listen to this album and then i go back to his debut i forgot the name of his debut album but if you go back to his debut album like and the ones before that too like all of those are very much like solid for the function music this one isn't that doesn't really fit that bill like that and i think it's kind of i don't know i think um I'm getting to another point here, but my, but basically one, a bad tape doesn't define a career. And I think that the way music uh, works now with how Twitter is and how the internet is, like people want like something good right away. And if it's not good, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it's ass. Anything, anything like six out of 10 and below is going to be the worst shit you ever heard. Yeah. And that's not really fair to people like, to people like Jack, who's kind of just starting out. It's his second album. You know what I'm saying? His it's second big-time big album, yeah. Exactly. A lot of people go through, like, a sophomore slump anyway. So I think that's another thing you got to give them there. I'm not really – I know it sounds like I'm drinking a lot of copium right now, but I need you guys to understand something. Like, it's, it's – it's, it's, I, I think – I didn't think it was a great album. I didn't think it was a bad one. I just, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably not going to be a one that I come back to, minus the songs that I listed out. Yeah, but, agreed. Um, here's also my thing, too, the biggest point I'm trying to get to at every point in an artist's career, or least, well, most of them, they hit a plateau, and how they handle that plateau determines how the rest of their career goes. For as much as people don't like to really talk about it, I, I personally think Drake hit a plateau at, at, a, at a certain point in his career, and is still able to be popular and relevant because of how he's able to kind of tweak the the to go past that plateau and tweak the sound just enough, to where people are would actually would fuck with it, Mm. and he did some stuff that was different that was out of the box like he even though, wasn't the best like with the 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 UK drill songs and with, like the, Afrobeat reggae type joints like I you know I'm not, the biggest fan of those Drake songs but he's you know he tweaked a little bit something different, he was doing a lot more. Introspective stuff where he's talking about just his life in general and, you know, still making those hits and keeping things fresh with his music. Because, you know, if, if you really want to boil it down, Drake makes the same type of music with every project, every song. Yeah. And him, you know, getting over that plateau was just tweaking it just enough to where it's still feasible, right? Sure. That's, I gotta be what Jack has to do. He's gotta find <laughs> that kind of tweak or at least just make, if you're gonna plateau and make the same song every time, you gotta stick to what was good in the, in the original part. Because one thing I think is the biggest downside to this tape is the hooks. And that's one of Jack's strengths, yeah. is the hooks. The hooks and the choruses and stuff like that. Like, like Nail Tech was a pretty good hook. Parent Child was a pretty good hook. Churchill Downs is a feature with Drake. It doesn't have a hook, which, you know, I figured that would be the case because of how this all structured. But, like, most of the hooks on the song are not good. And that's really what kind of got Jack Harlow, like, really on. Like, you think of of a song like uh, Sundown. Sundown is just two hooks. Yeah. Sundown is literally just two. That's one of my favorite Jack Harlow songs. Sundown is two hooks. My favorite Jack Harlow song of all time is Once May Comes, and that is just a hook. There is Mm -hmm. no verse. It's just two hooks, and that's it. So like I think that's the biggest thing, but you can you know if you got anything else, you can keep going with that.
1: I was I was gonna say. I I feel like. He he's in a transitioning period, cause, if you compare loose. Uh, his project from 2018 and even confetti
0: a little bit. What's his debut album? Is it the the two, woman who, he's in the he's in the um, like the 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 car with like signing autographs and shit.
1: Yeah. That's his. What is that that's one? his
0: big studio album. That, that was uh like,
1: that's that's what they all say.
0: Yeah, I like that one.
1: Yeah, but I, but even comparing, even comparing sweet action a little bit, but comparing loose and confetti, to this, uh, come home the kids miss you. He's in a transitioning period because you brought up sundown. If you think of sundown. Like, think of, try to think of a music video for it. It's, you would think he's riding through his hometown with a bunch of his friends, and it's, like, low budget, and, you know. There that was that was a video for Sunday. That, yeah, exactly. And then he was, like, a, a small-town kid, and now he's making, like, OVO-sounding music. And so it's like a, it's, like, a transitioning period where it's, like, He's got, he's got to now write his new life and he's just got to yeah. find himself in that because again, True. fucking uh, loose. I don't know how old he was. Let's say he was fucking 20 when he made loose.
0: He had to be like our age or he had to be at least like 20. I think he's our age right now currently, but I think mm-hmm. it's like he had okay, to be like so, 20. He had to be like 22 when he made loose. Had to be. Okay. Yeah. So he was 22 years of living in
1: Louisville. Or Louisiana. No, Louisville. Louisville. And just being around his, his friends and shit like that, doing the shit he did in Louisville. And now he's fucking every, every girl who likes raps dream and all these people, <laughs> you know, like he's getting money for everything and yeah, uh, being friends with Drewski has, was, and doing the interviews on, you know, so like he's got, I feel like he's just got to find himself in his new path
0: yeah i think that's the biggest thing i and i know people are like, always oh, just a, like a drake clone that's honestly do you know how many drake clones there are out there jesus christ like it's that yes yeah. it's, it's a new one every day bro I and just the think, thing is people say that about everyone they say that about kyle like that's not that's the farthest thing i could see. yeah i mean you can have like the influence where you're kind of rapping and singing at the same time yeah that's the that you can say that's a drake influence but i think like especially on this album drake uh which I Drake Jack really tries to like have some songs that sound just like a Drake song on like a, oh definitely like a Thank Me Later type feel to it
1: yeah I of? I think I
0: I think I told you when it came out that he was trying he was trying to make a a, a take care in a way I feel like he should have leaned into that more because that's like you yeah. and, like how perfect the 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 theme I don't think he did. It. Right, he didn't, but he didn't do it right. He should have leaned into it and done some stuff that like really got it to that point. Because you think mm-hmm. about Take Care, it, it would have like the cover art, the title, and everything is set up perfectly to have yeah. that kind of album. Mm-hmm. Like you think about you think about Take Care, right? It's it's Drake at the table, looking somber. Like there's like a drink or some stuff like around mm-hmm. him. The ambiance looks like he's kind of going through it, right? Mm-hmm. And the the fucking title itself, Take Care. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, you could perceive it could be perceived a lot of different ways.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Come home, the kids miss you. Like, that's perfect. And then, like, the way it's set up, where it's just him, the stool, sitting on the stool, and the mic in the middle of the room, right? Like, that that could cause for some songs that are either heartfelt, somber, hella toxic, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or ones that are just like, you know, like Nail Tech. You know what I'm saying? You could have that stuff. I just think he didn't lean into it enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the problem. I think he had too many songs where he was trying to be like, I'm gonna be I'm gonna try to go radio I'm gonna write a radio hit plus try to be Drake at the same time. Yo, you gotta be Drake slash radio hit. That's what that's I think that's just gonna be the biggest thing. I spit all of my mic, Jesus Christ. Uh you got that's just the thing. Uh for him, I think that's what it's what's gonna be especially with that transition period that he's going through right now with mm-hmm. where I think it's so funny, like Drake had a line on Churchill Downs where he says, uh, like it's getting to the point where none of my songs are relatable, like Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, Jack is although Jack is not on that peak of Drake yet, it's getting to that point now too with him, Mm -hmm. where it's his songs aren't really relatable like that. Yeah, I mean you don't really have to be at Drake's
1: point. You just got to be. I'm not famous. We not famous. So it 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 gets to the point where it's like somehow after Take Care, because I think Take Care is a, a phenomenal album to this day. Drake still felt relatable to a certain point. And I just feel like some people need to find
0: that. Yeah. I think that's really it with him. I think it's just a situation where he's got to, you know, mm. keep, I think, you know, the, I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing for him has to be the hooks have to be better. Definitely. The rest of the song could be ass, but the hooks have to be better. And that's one of his biggest strengths. Mm. If the hooks were tr- if the hooks were good on this album i probably would have been to look past some of the songs but both the songs how they're structured and the hooks themselves aren't that good Mm -hmm. so i think you know it gets a five out of ten at first i was like it's it's boring but then i listened to it again i was like it's not boring it just doesn't have like it's missing something it wasn't boring it was just missing something i agree and i think it was just the the hooks really for him but five out of ten and everyone on on twitter calmed down God, yeah, calm down. Like I get it. Like you can at least find two songs off that bit that that you gonna like. Also the hoes love it. Yeah man.
1: Whenever uh first class comes on, oh my god you know. So I'm saying if if, first... if girls are having fun as a straight man, why are you not having fun?
0: <laughs> Honestly. Honestly. <laughs> okay, so moving into uh the biggest album that's that's come one, out so far
1: one of the biggest albums of the year
0: yes ironically no i'll get to another point about it in a second but yeah um as far when it comes to like sales like album sales for this album mm-hmm. like it didn't perform as well as the as some of the other ones that have came out so far and people are sure. like oh oh gotcha gotcha it's not the best one it's like yeah like i never really thought about album sales in that regard even with like artists that are trash they only sell like 10k you know what i'm saying like yeah it it's a sign it's a sign that your stuff is selling if it's high yeah but and if if it's if it's a sign that you might not be having the same impact if it's low but i don't think in terms of overall enjoyability it doesn't really matter that much as far as sales go yeah think
1: about it like movies oh marvel movies make millions of dollars they're gonna win movie of the year
0: no no, like like a movie like Whiplash is not putting up huge numbers in the box office. That shit bang though. That movie's fire as hell. But um, okay, so without further ado, we're gonna get into Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers by Kendrick Lamar. Um, Zo, do you have a rating and wh- how you felt about the album in general? I I wanna give it.
1: When I first hear like when I first hear an album that just comes out or a movie and I'll wa- or I first watch a movie that just came out I don't like giving it that high of a rating because it's like it's new and there's still a lot of stuff to come out during the year but so I think I I'll give it an 8 out of 10 and then looking back on the on the year depending on what I like better or what I like worse, I'll probably change it. I don't think it's going to go, dude, I think it'll be crazy. If it goes even if I change it to a seven out of 10, if anything, <laughs> if anything, it'll go higher.
0: Yeah.
1: It'll, it'll change to a nine or 10. I think it's great. I think it's phenomenal. It hits a lot of topics that, that a lot of musicians don't, like don't want to talk about and i kind of feel like that's a good thing cuz like who who wants to get like real? Sometimes you listen to music and you're like yeah, future talk your shit. Fuck it. I don't care. Like the, yeah. I want to have fun and right. But Kendrick Lamar does it in a way where it's not it doesn't make your eyes roll. He he yeah. has he has the voice in his little five, six ass. He has (laughs) the voice of someone that's like eight feet tall. Right. And he, he, he really commands the listener in a, in, in a, I, in a good way. I I don't know. I'm trying to like explain it. Well, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's, I, I feel it's, it's, it's really heavy because it's, I think I told you. I feel like this whole album, he's trying to be a good person, without blindly listening to one side of the internet or the other side. Because he, I th- yep. one of my favorite, one of my favorite lines is, um, he's he's talking about. I saw. He says something like, "I saw a Christian man say the vaccine was the mark of the beast." And obviously, to him, he probably questioned because he's Christian, I'm pretty sure. At least believes in God. And then he says, uh, but then he got sick, so I started to question Kyrie. And, like, I just feel like, again, everything goes back to Twitter. Sometimes, (laughs) Sometimes you say something and it gets perceived in the wrong light and a lot of people online want to be like ah no 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 you're wrong and you're evil and you're dumb and i just feel like kendrick kendrick talks a lot about tiptoeing around that because yeah. because i'm i'm not trying to be here and be like hmm, cancel culture no it's it's again i like i i would like to be a a good person as well and i think learning is a big part of that. And I feel like he... Dude, I think Auntie's Diaries is the biggest... most obvious point of this album. Of him being like... Well, I used to say the F word, but I didn't mean it like that. Uh, So, is it okay if I say it? But then someone told me... I brought up a white fan, and I didn't let her say the N word, so maybe I should respect gay people. It's like he's, he's just... Fi- learning himself how to be a better person in this day and age instead of just looking
0: at something and being like, okay, I follow that, which is
1: right. fine,
0: I think. Right. So for me, this this album definitely uh, did a lot uh, for me and in my, in my perspective because mm-hmm. it touched on a lot of things. So I saw a tweet and, I, and it kind of flows together and so, something I kind of took with me as well. So on... Albums like *Good Kid, M.A.D City* and *To Pimp a Butterfly*, Kendrick basically talks about his uh, environment and like the stuff that he kind of grew up with. The grew up with on *Good Kid, M.A.D City*, and then when you get into *To Pimp a Butterfly*, it's his environment in terms of uh, gang culture in his city, as well as just how the government treats people that are black, brown, mm-hmm. whatever. Right? You get into, and I'm like, damn. <coughs> Sorry, you get down like, damn, and it's really he talks about the spirit of himself kind of, yeah. kind of how things how his mind works how, how he thinks about certain things and other things of that nature on Morale around the big steppers uh kendra lamar talks about the culture and the culture is essentially both black culture and hip-hop culture and both those are almost the same thing mm-hmm. so or least to me like they not the same thing but they definitely are very intertwined. heavily inter- intertwined yeah. with each other definitely and it may not sound like it on a lot of records, but it just Kendrick Lamar kind of seems tired, in a way. Yeah. he just seems like he's sure. kind of just ready to just be like, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. I'm kind of getting this out off my chest, and I was gonna go out into nature and just and just experience life. And I think that's one of the coolest things. Um, that like the, one of the be- one of the cooler messages I got from this is just like he's kind of just done. He's like, I'm, I'm kind of over it. I'm out the way. I'm gonna be finished with this and, and be on my way. Um, so it goes through like stuff where, like understanding the issues in black culture, and stuff that generally affects me as, as me as, as a black man. It's uh, homophobia, transphobia, not seeking out therapy, toxic relationships with women, especially the way we treat black women on a daily basis. We have uh, just the concept of masculinity, how that can be fragile, and other things of that nature that generally affects the black experience, the black male, the black woman, just the black person experience, whatever, whatever black gender you are, experience. Hmm. So I think, in that regard, it's one of the, I think the rating I'll give it in terms of just the messaging, how it how it's perceived, how it's received, as far as his message, I'd definitely give it a 10 out of 10 on his execution, on just the, the album itself i'll probably get like an eight, eight and a half nine which sounds weird but like you think about there's some strong songs that like genuinely like genuinely honestly and truthfully hit me hard and mm-hmm. the biggest one is father time and so bro with, i was literally just about to bring it up so with, with father time it's essentially him talking about how he has father issues and how it's and, and even before the he gets into his his, his song
1: he there's talks small, to his wife.
0: The, the talks his wife there's a small conversation where it's, she says, you need therapy. He's like, a real nigga don't need no therapy, which is one of the like most disheartening and, re- Oh, excuse me. Good Lord. Uh, it's one of the most realism, most disheartening statements that black men make all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's, it's, it's a real thing. And, uh, just to get a little, a little more personal about how much it affects me with, my father, like my me and my dad are, are close. We have a really good relationship with each other. But a lot of the stuff that Kendrick Lamar mentions on this album, my mm-hmm. dad is also a victim of. Sure. And some, some he does when we were growing up, like making like just getting upset with us if me and my brother would would cry or or show any kind of like weak emotions. Um, and then having stuff, well, he wouldn't like swear at my mom if she said anything. But it's sure. just kind of to the to the effect of like he's got to be a man. He's got to toughen up. And it stems from a long line of males in my family being the exact same way. So to, to preface, like, my, my father is from the south side of Chicago um, in, the, in that little 80s era where it's, like, super tough, a lot of gang violence around my dad and, and the friends that he grew up with, like, having to be tough all the time, I have to be on your guard all the time. I would be so aware of your surroundings all the time because that's just the life you have to live in being in the South side of Chicago was raised by a father who with my granddad, who is the exact same way, like very rough, rough and tumble, like heavy masculine, like Catholic dude. Like it's just very, very tough on my, on my dad. And I know from conversations with my dad, he definitely has said he didn't really try. He wanted to not be like his dad when he was raising me. And for as much as he tried, and as hard as he tried, a lot of those same messages and th- like feelings towards masculinity, towards other things like that, kind of bled over. Sure. Because that's just how my dad was wired. That's how he was raised, how he was taught. Like, you got to think, my granddad grew up in the south side of Chicago in a very dangerous area, but before that, he was even he was at Texas Southern, I think, or Texas college during the civil rights era. Mm -hmm. So like, it's one of those things where being a tough masculine dude is one of the only things you have to do. Like there's no really other option, like showing emotion is viewed as weakness and it's just like a huge thing. And so the way my upbringing was father time struck a huge chord with me and even auntie diaries too. not so much on the, on, the, on the wave where it's like, well, like literally everybody and their mom was saying the F word in, in elementary school and middle school. Yeah. Like, that's a real thing. Yeah. That's a real thing. And we were let, like, and it thing. took, is oh, is that Mia? Did so we got a surprise guess from Mia? <laughs> I texted the family group chat. <laughs> I'm dead. Um, but getting back to the subject with Auntie Diaries, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not to the point where we had anybody. Oh, well, actually, well, it took my my cousin coming out as gay, and then my. But with what's well, funny enough, like, it took a while for my dad to really kind of come around to that. With me and my brother, it was like, well, like, obviously, I'm I'm i just gonna stop saying the word. But mm-hmm. me and my brother were like, oh, eh, it's you know, he's he's our cousin. We're just gonna say he's our cousin. It's whatever. Like, we're gonna love him regardless. Like, we we fuck with him. Like, regardless if he likes like men or women, we don't really care. Sure. It took a while for my dad to really come around to that thought because of how he grew up and where he's right. from. So, like, that's just, that's just stuff that just didn't fly over where, where he was growing up. So it took him a while to kind of figure that out and come to you know, grips with that. And so a lot of these songs, like, pinpoint a real thing that happened in black culture that are problems. And a thing with Auntie Diaries, because I really don't want to get too deep into it because I think it's just, like, a, a lot of stuff has been said already about it as two cis (laughs) cis males okay as two cis males Mm. uh we don't necessarily have a say in how people receive how people that are gay that are trans that are non-binary however we don't have a say in how those people react to those uh to those to what kendrick is saying on the on that song yeah for us for cis males it strings it rings with us because of the issues we had with saying that word as young kids, yeah. right? And us, and us not saying it anymore because Shit. We we're hey, even, aware I mean, now it's not. Even with, yeah,
1: uh, uh, our, f- our friend Ali, you know, trying yeah. to get us to stop not even saying that
0: word, but stop saying like, Oh, that's gay. You know? Right. Exactly. So like just having stuff like that and, you know, learning and being more receptive of that and saying, Hey, like, this is not good behavior and we're, you know, we change our behavior and we're better people for it now. But you have oh yeah I was, what, what was my point? Oh, um we do not have the authority to say whether or not somebody is allowed to be mad about it or not. No, oh, yeah. Like if you are upset, right? You say if if somebody who is trans, somebody who is who is who is gay is mad or upset about Kendrick saying the effort word in the song, they are fully justified in that anger. Yeah, sure. Because he didn't have to say it 3 times. Yeah. Three like well he said it three he said it, three times in three different sections of the song. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. Like for a grand total of nine times. <laughs> nine times, almost. I think either nine or twelve times, honestly. And, like, I can see why people were mad about that. I can see why that is angering people because you don't have sure. you didn't necessarily have to say that word. Sure. Right. And so, and even stuff where, where he talks about his, um, uh, I think he says with, like, with Demetrius is Marianne now. Oh, his like, cousin. Like even that too. His cousin, right? So, the F word plus mentioning his cousin's dead name is is triggering and angering for people. Oh, you know shit. what I'm saying? Wow, I didn't even think about that. You see what I'm saying? So like, yeah. I f- so people getting upset about that that part of the song or that just that general part of the song is a hundred percent justified. People like me and you, though, like don't necessarily can't really tell people whether or not they should be mad about it or not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing. I think as f- f- coming from the perfe- per- from the perspective of a straight male, I understand what he was trying to, I, I see what he was trying to get at.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it resonated with me because of how a lot of people in my environment, how I used to yeah. act as a child. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's, so in that case, it's, it's, it's good. Um, what you got? Anything else on it? Cause I have one more thing, but I want you to go
1: ahead. I mean, I, I find it funny how like we want we both wanted to talk about the same songs because like, what makes this, a great album is, yeah, like of course there's a bunch of songs talking about, black culture because Kendrick is black, of course, but for songs like Father Time. That is also a big problem in. Uh, the Hispanic, male community uh i i say it all the time uh every, i think everyone should go to therapy i I, don't, I think the stigma should be erased i don't think it's if you go to uh therapy you're not crazy it's just people need to talk to people but i i feel like i'm in a weird generation because like yeah the generation before me like my father has, my father and my grandfather uh yeah, my grandfather, you know, immigrant from Cuba, escaped, escaped Cuba. So again, rough and tumble kind of guy. Um, and again, love my dad. I have a great relationship with him. But there are some times where we'll talk and he just doesn't understand. Uh, so and, and vice versa. Like, I don't understand how he would deal with an emotional problem like that. It's a, it's a generational gap but I, I there's also a lot of a lot of guys specifically in Miami it's a huge thing in Miami uh, where they they it's like fa- like faking being a millionaire like looking up to Jordan Belfort of all people <laughs> and then you you think okay oh he wants to be the wolf of Wall Street he needs therapy. And then they don't because real men don't need therapy.
0: Yeah.
1: It's it's that kind of... I see that a lot in my... Shit, in my social circles, you know? It's just mm-hmm. a lot of fake millionaire shit, like taking a picture on a boat that's not yours. That's already mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> and... Oh, the, yeah, the, uh, it, it's...
0: The, Go ahead, my ball. It's
1: just it's just a lot of things like that where it's like. I think it's different since we do live in Miami and it's like such a big. Like celebrity spot, as well, Uh that's like people, they're just focusing on that and they don't focus on themselves, because real men don't do that. So Father Time, Father Time also hit me, and then funny enough. Your your same thing with Auntie Diaries, when your cousin came out, like, my cousin came out as gay, and I never had a conversation with her about it, Mm -hmm. but just personally, I was like, you know what, I don't, I don't like this word, I just, I just don't want to say it. Again, as a cis male, that's how I saw it, I saw it through the kind of the eye lens, through the lens that Kendrick wrote it. Yeah. And, um we cry together as as serious as it is, it's funny.
0: <laughs> that's a funny sound That's song. a real thing. Like, you want to talk about black male versus black woman discourse on Twitter? That's what it fucking sounds like. That's what it sounds like. It just, it's just two people talking and being mad at each other and, like, trying to clown each other without any real help. Any real like, kind of, like, dialogue back and forth on certain things, because I'm fully aware of how, uh, how a I'm not going to generalize how a a certain percentage of black women, men treat black women. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm aware of the certain percentage of how black women treat black men. It's (laughs) a lot of stuff. A lot of times it's, 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 it's kind of unnerving. It's very disheartening. Right. Sure. Like that was a, you know, it's funny. That's a real conversation. I bet.
1: I bet. And And then
0: and never
1: hit me the end. I think it's Kendrick's wife again. She says, "Stop tap
0: dance, stop tap dancing, around the topic or around the conversation." I, don't think is, I think I think it's an actual feature. I think her name's like Taylor something. But no, 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 I know
1: Taylor Page is the one rapping, but I think at yeah. the end, the one talking it's his wife, and she or, says, "Stop, stop tap yeah. dancing around the conversation." And then mm-hmm. I listen to the song again. They're what are they fighting about? They're fighting about nothing. nothing. They don't. They don't get to the uh, the topic Uh and then they they start throwing out like i I, my favorite part is when is when she's throwing out stuff like uh you're the reason we're underpaid underbooked you're the reason for trump you're the reason harvey weinstein this and that which are all Mm -hmm. valid points yeah like they're valid points but then kendrick turns it around and is basically saying like you're you're your actions don't match your sentiment which is basically saying like you're only you're only bringing this up because you're mad at me kind of thing yeah so it's like both sides I feel it's like both sides it's like there's no clear winner Uh -uh.
0: because there's no clear trophy oh no there's no you want to talk about who won the argument the girl won the argument 100% she flamed him she flamed (laughs) (laughs) if we're keeping it a buck that is funny okay on a funny note, like trying to be funny, not trying to be serious, trying to be funny about this, she cooked him. <laughs> she cooked him. <laughs> yeah, she did cook him because it got to the point where
1: it's like, I'm not giving you these keys, fuck you.
0: Yeah, the, the, uh, the oh, what was it? it was, uh, I, it's like, I, got you, I got you screaming and yelling, I do the same when we're fucking. And then he says, that pussy's loose, I do the same when I'm coming. It's yeah. wild. No, nah, yeah. she flamed him. She and then the it. whole, I should have found a bigger dick. Yeah, I should have fucked on your cousin. She was killing him. Oh like, my he god, had no Did, rebuttals you, for did that. you
1: see the annotation on Genius for that? <laughs> and it just says Baby Keem. For, oh my god. I should have fucked your
0: cousin. You click on it, it says Baby Keem. I'm screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, that's a real. It's a real thing. I think it comes down to a lot of different things, like, with uh, people are people just saying, it'll be like a tweet. It'll be like, black women be this, that, and a third, and then all of a sudden, it's every black woman on Twitter, like, Oh, yeah, I've, I've for, been seeing, I see that. For certain reason, for, like, some of it's justified, other times, like, hey, you know, he might just be a little bit misguided, probably give him some good, like, there's, there's really no room for discourse on Twitter ever. Ever. So... Like it's you tweet something about black women that's problematic. It's going to be an issue, and I think a lot of the, sometimes it's definitely an issue because it's rooted in some anti anti black women anti black stuff. Where it'll be a black man talking bad about black women, but he'll he'll praise other races. And let me make things f- super clear about how I stand on that. I know this is a very serious episode, but I mean it, it just makes it just makes more sense that we talk about this because it's sure. kind of we're going in a certain direction i don't care who as a black man i don't care who you who you date who you love who you talk to my issue is if you do those things uh, at the expense of putting down black women right so if you date white women and slander black women that's a problem but if you meet a white woman and you guys just happen to hit it off and and vibe well enough that's Mm -hmm. fine i really don't care you know what i'm saying i don't care and what's funny enough is every every black woman that slanders black men on twitter literally it happened like three times this morning it's always a it's always a it's always a this you and it's like their tweets about how much they're praising white men and it's the funniest shit i've ever seen like bro it happened at least three times this morning you said three
1: times i didn't think you were gonna say bro that's like that episode of spongebob some meatloaf some chicken some pizza no i meant this morning So meatloaf exactly. some chicken some pizza <laughs>
0: That's what i'm saying no literally this morning i i opened i woke up got re- dressed for the day open twitter and then like within like the la- like like you started three doom refreshes. scrolling and yeah within three refreshes it's like this you <laughs> it's like white men greater than greater than greater than or <laughs> it's like it's like some wild shit every time but yeah like it's those those are like serious problems so we cry together although i sure. will never come back to that song ever because it's just not necessary. I <laughs> listen to it sometimes. I think the beat's hard. The okay, you wasted an Alchemist beat on an on an interlude. The beat's hard. That makes me mad though because the beat's I hard. listen.
1: I, I listen to other shit. Like I
0: listen to Silent Hill way more. It's way more yeah, catchy. I'm gonna just go to put uh, these bitches off me. Like <laughs> I'm gonna just go to uh, just go to YouTube and type in "We Cry Together" instrumental and just put that on my phone. <laughs> Um, But it's funny You were talking about Like how A lot of people In the Hispanic community Especially the males That you know Like look up to Jordan Belfort And do his other Weird stuff like that And literally There's a song The song Savior Which is one of Your favorite songs I love that song And and in the very beginning It's like You know Kendrick made Whatever He is not your savior Cole made you This and a third Vig is not your savior Future gave you A money count Exactly But he is not your savior You know what I'm saying That's a real thing too Like a lot of times you gotta just you can't be idolizing these people that you know you're fans of that you're a fan of. You know what I'm saying? Me and you are fans of a lot of different people. Like we're not gonna they're not gonna be our end all be all when it comes to this life stuff. Like a lot of times it's gonna be us trying to figure shit out on our own. Mm. Like, that person's that person has no idea who we are. You know what and I'm saying?
1: I ca- and I kind of like I like the hook of Savior one because. Bro, I like Baby Kim. Yeah, I, I, he's Keem, a bro. he's a hook, like God. He's he's great, but it's also
0: let me go back to Melodic Blue, though.
1: I dude, I went to, back to Melodic Blue after hearing both the interlude and the song Savior. Facts, but um, the hook it's when you hear the hook, it's like you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to relate to it. It's are you happy for me in the sense of like I feel I feel. It's in the sense of, like, he's talking to his fans. Smile on mm-hmm. my face, but are you really happy for me? Or are you just happy that I'm putting out, like, a, no, a new album, another song, and stuff like that?
0: Right. So, yeah. But, okay, the last, the last point I wanted to get at, too, is one of the biggest things on this album is Kendrick's sex addiction. Add, addiction. and his is, And that's a huge running theme throughout the entire album. Like, if you really want to, like, if you really look into it, a lot of this the stuff he talks about is his sex addiction it, it, why I keep saying addiction sex addiction and how it like derailed a lot of the relationships in his life and what it could have potentially started it. and you know again with a lot of the you know uh, the black culture thing comes into play here with like sexual abuse and how that seriously happens like whether it happens in the black community you get like issues with sexual abuse and then it goes unreported and then pu- and then a lot of black people like to, you know a lot of black families families just sweep stuff under the rug like nothing happened and it becomes a problem later on for that child so like it, it, I can see like the, the where, where that kind of stemmed from and you can see him really like coming to groups with it and saying I have an issue with it this is a problem and I, I'm bettering myself because of it and it essentially derailed his entire marriage because his his, his, fiance, his fiance at the time Whitney just called it off, left, left him when he came back off a tour, and she was asking him several times, like, "Do you have a lust addiction? Like, do you do you have these issues with sex?" And he was like, "Nah, I'm good." But really, he was a problem. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not really gonna get into worldwide steppers because that line about him, <laughs> the first time he fucked a white bitch was, dude, crazy. I was unhinged. gonna bring that up as unhinged. well as as a
1: Hispanic slash white guy the, the his view on like race on that song is 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 eye-opening because fucking he said he talks about having sex with this girl and he, oh it's a win-win her dad's the sheriff she's paying for her daddy's sins because yeah because he locked up he locked up uncle perry or something like yeah. that yeah. i was i was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. that's a, i'd like no I've never heard of a st- a stance on race in that way. He even says it. He goes, "Wait, ass, are you okay?" And I said, "I'm I think I might be racist or some shit like that." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's a it's a, a big thing. And then like the other one where he's where you talk about how like how his ancestors look hen weird because he fucked a white girl and it's Yeah. Like, that's a okay, that's a that's a thing in the black community too where Yeah, but I saw a tweet literally last week, and it was like it was a black girl. And she said, uh, "She said uh, the look on on niggas' faces when they're walking through with their white girlfriend is hilarious. <laughs> it's it's so funny. It was funny because it's kind of relatable. Because you're like, like if you see like a the ones that are like a little bit insecure about who they're with, you know what I'm sure. saying? It's like you <laughs> a black dude walk through the through." Wherever with his white girlfriend, you look at him, he'll look at you like something's wrong. And it's like, dude, you picked her. I don't know what you're talking about. That's it. like My brother in Christ, you picked her. Exactly. You're the one that's dating her. You know what I'm saying? Like, as long as you're not slandering black women in the process, you're fine. Motherfuckers be <laughs> like,
1: Subway sucks. My brother in Christ, you made the sandwich.
0: Like, it's, bruh, literally. Uh, but it's, <laughs> but it's, it's like a thing where like a lot of black families want the family to stay black and it that's just how, how it is i know bro my, my gram, folks
1: my grandma's my grandma's would i bet if i brought home a black girl my grandma would be like oh okay i think yeah. it's just it's a lot of like you said my ancestors so it's a lot of the older generation
0: mm-hmm. my my mom and dad don't necessarily care too much. Oh, my mom did not care about it. Neither does my dad. But and, like and my, and my mom's talked about it. And now that and it's funny, like they really like they did really care for, uh, that much, and they really don't care now that my my cousin's husband is white. Like Cecil, you've met. Have you met Cecil? I don't yeah, you met Cecil. I think I did. Yeah, you met Cecil at least once. Yeah, Cecil's, yeah. So like Jazz and Cecil have been married for like three years now, and like if my parents didn't care back then, they really don't care now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So. It's like, kind of one of those deals. So, um, it was just kind of funny, like how you really get those situations where like, black families and even Hispanic families want that family to stay a specific race, and it, you know, it's that's kind of how it is. But what about white Southerners? Them too. That's what I'm saying. Them too. I mean, it's it's very heavily with them, with, heavy with them, but like, yeah, a lot of a lot of black families are the same way. But yeah, so like, that's basically the miss around the big steppers. I think the message and what he was trying to convey is a 10 out of 10 execution wise. I think the album itself and how it sounds and how every song is structured. I think it definitely, for me, it's like a nine and a half, eight, eight and a half, uh, nine to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and what's funny is I, when I listened to this album, I know you, you said you went back to melodic blue after listening to the album because, you know, baby Kim's, you know, sound is kind of all over this album too. Um, Funny enough, I went back to Vince Staples' recent album because of this album.
1: Funny enough, after you told me that you wanted to talk about Ramona Park broke my heart, uh, I saw someone, com- kind of compare it on Twitter. Man, was this Sean C? Someone it might have been, I don't know. No, no, I I, it, it was someone random. Was like, yeah, I like Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, but uh vince staples still has the top of the year which i think it's a, oh. it's a big contender too uh, i and then people yeah. compared it a lot
0: it it might be uh, depending on whether come, whatever comes out but right now as far as my albums of the year my favorite one of the year is ramona park broke my heart and then saba's album a few good things those two albums are my are my favorites as of right now those two are phenomenal so yeah. with Ramona Park broke my heart, I came back to this after listening to Kendrick's album because of the subject matter that's in Miss Morale and the Big Steppers, because mm. it deals with like a lot of stuff when it comes to like black culture and gang cl- and well, I think it's it's not the exact same, but there's some similarities. So first off, with Kendrick's issue with sex addiction, and then how Vince Staples on this album talks about. His, like, him getting into these, like, sexual encounters and, and, and dealing with all these women um, as, like, a, a means to kind of, like, get away from the issues he, he deals. The PTSD that he has from living that gang culture, that gang life, his entire life. Mm-hmm. And so, with Ramona Park with my heart, it's definitely a situation where he's kind of moving past the, excuse me, the, uh, like, the the subject matter he used to talk about a lot which is just gang culture and being a crip yeah so it, I, it starts with the beach and that song kind of talks about his environment and again having everybody around you you can't take everybody with you you can't get everybody rich all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and one thing that I definitely think is is cool about the song is at the very end he's like hold on cut them niggas shooting and it's, you hear gunshot sounds but also you hear a laugh track so like and Vince Staples have been a big like proponent of how a lot of record labels, a lot of like you know high white men in power profit off of the off of the nature of black culture and the nature of hip hop and hood culture, like people talking about killing people. You know what I'm saying? And so how that's how it's kind of romanticized and viewed like it's like a TV reality show. So them, yeah. him adding the laugh track was the coolest shit ever. And so with the album, he kind of talks about moving away from this kind of like the the streets that kind of raised him into the person he is right now basically and a lot of the pitfalls of it a lot of pitfalls of his upbringing and one of the coolest things and it's heavily personified in one of the coolest interlude to songs and then the song when i heard it like turned into my might be my favorite vince staples song ever because of how i fig- when i figured out what the song's about so the song the interlude is nameless and Nameless is basically a an interlude. It's like an it's a, it's an interview with this one woman. Who talks about how people have to survive, and how this survival, like, would lead to somebody not being phased by having to shoot somebody and kill somebody, right? And so the reporter says, "Did you kill some? Did you kill them?" Like she said, what happens? Oh, they said I killed. They said I shot somebody several times. That I shot him. And the reporter goes, "Did you?" And she says, "I don't know. Bullets don't have names." and it goes into the song, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So the
0: song, once I realized that the song, When Sparks Fly, okay, when I realized the song was from the perspective of one, a gang member who owns a gun, and then the second verse is from the perspective of the gun itself. I thought that was the coolest shit ever. So mm-hmm. with When Sparks Fly, basically, he ta- let me find the lyrics, so this shit was so hard, bro. It was like, Basically, he's, hold on, let me, I'm Jamie for the, for right now, hold on. Jamie, pull up the, pull it up, please. (laughs) Pull it up. Can we get the the clip of those lyrics? (laughs) What does Noel say? Can you pull up the the clip of the deer getting hit by that car? Right. (laughs) Let me find this shit. Because it's like, okay, so when, when sparks fly, the chorus, by the way, I'll just read the chorus out. It's been two years, I keep calling, I'm standing I'm standing here, and I ain't got you. As we lay here, lovers in arms, I can feel your fear. Can this love be true? Come on, lift me up, love. I keep falling, I'm losing faith because you keep stalling. Lift me up, love. I keep falling, I'm losing faith because you keep stalling. So if you think about that from the perspective of, like, a gun speaking to the owner, that shit's crazy if you think mm-hmm. about it, right? Because yeah. you have this... With this, this fear of having to shoot somebody and kill somebody for starters. And then when I, when I, the line that made me realize it. So he kind of, he says, um, he says, uh, I know that you love me. You don't got to show me off to the world. Please hide me from the police everywhere we go. We're together inseparable. You, you know, I'm down for whatever, particularly you, you know, I, I don't want to use protection with you, but the glove will keep you safe if you ever get loose. And so I was like, "Is he talking about like the glove compartment?" And I was like,
1: "At first, I good. thought this this song was about a chick."
0: Yeah, I did too. In all honesty, I did too. And so, but okay, so when you when you think about the second verse, though, it's like, "So damn, I can't believe they took you from me. Kicking into your front door, looking for me, hid me in our secret place. Nothing I could do but sit and wait, contemplate." Did we leave a trail? Did we make mistakes? Can't drop on your bail. Can't check on your case. No, you won't tell us why I'm afraid. You probably never get to that a day. And then he goes, um, are you still uh, tripping? Are you forgetting that we made these vows? Still, I am, still here I am waiting around, dreaming that, you, that you're coming home, right your wrongs, take me out. So he's, it's basically from the perspective of like a gun and the owner, how the owner potentially killed somebody Mm-hmm. and then stashed the gun somewhere before the police came and found him and put yeah. him away in jail. And so I think that was – when I heard the song, I was like, "That that is crazy because, like, you never really think – I didn't think Vince Staples was, like, really kind of going to get into that kind of introspective or concept bag like that. So it's one of my favorite songs ever. I think it's it's kind of highlights the theme of this album where it's just, like, the pitfalls of gang culture and what he's raised, what he's been raised in and how he's trying to move away from that. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. So that's just the biggest thing. Did you, you, did you listen, listen back to the album after afterwards? Uh,
1: no, I, I'm going to listen to it now. I think you kind of, I liked the album genuinely, but I think you kind of, you sold me on it more. So yeah, I think, I'm, I think I'm going to give it a little, a little listen
0: now. Yeah. It's, that's, uh, yeah, it's basically what I, what I've been, what I've been on so far with that, I think it's it was really cool to kind of go back and listen to that that album, and um, it definitely is in my my top two albums of the year so far. There'll there'll probably be other albums that'll come out that will be in in the, in the mix or stuff, but there's seven right more now, months, bro. I know there's a lot more months, a lot more music to come out. I'm hoping some people put out some good stuff. So mm-hmm. so yeah, you you got anything else? You got any other uh, other albums you want to talk about? Oh, uh, not really.
1: Um. No, I mean, Action Bronze's album was pretty good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's literally, you said, uh, uh, rap, the, tweet? the rap version of Freeform Jazz. <laughs> yeah. There was a tweet you sent me today, too. What was it? It was, uh... Oh, yeah, oh, um, Ludwig's roommate said, shit, shit, all right, all right, all right. Wow, It so was, was a good ahead. tweet.
1: Let me not misquote.
0: Oh, my God.
1: This guy, this guy's funny as fuck. Falco, also fucking great melee player. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, I, I see. Action
1: Bronson will get in the booth and compare having sex with a woman to making Fettuccine Alfredo and make a million dollars. Replied to himself and said, "This, by the way, being the tightest shit in the world."
0: No, no facts. I just said. I said. Uh, I said. Uh, what did I text you one day? It was when Action Bra- Bronson like other album came out. It's like the other one. I can't. I can't remember what it was called. But it was. I texted you. Was like. Action, Bronson, and Riff Raff are almost the exact same, except one of them just likes food a lot.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like, they wrap the exact same. Before we wrap this up, I guess this kind of has to do with music and video games. Uh, Taco Bell puts out a rap for their Mexican pizza, and they reference Sora from Kingdom Hearts. He says some shit like, "I I just put in my order, don't forget the soda. Orda. Key to my heart
0: like Sora. Order. Oh, that's how he says it. That's it rhymes. O r d a, order. I put my order, don't forget <laughs> oh the God. soda. Key to my heart like Sora. Okay, the video you sent me with that that song though, is that the real commercial? Yes,
1: it doesn't. It okay? They edited it in. Sora's confused okay, face. Okay,
0: okay, okay. I thought Sora's confused face. No, no, Sora. no. I don't even, like how low budget. You're Taco Bell. You're a multinational company. No, no, no. no. It, it's the the video in the background's the official video. I'm gonna say you're a nationwide company. You can't invest in a better high budget ad, my guy. You put just Sora like a P, a Sora PNG. A PNG
1: crudely cut out. Oh. Actually, question for you. Have you heard uh, Wraith by Chance, Vic, and Joey Burks? Yes. yes it's, I have.
0: It's not bad. It's not bad. Did you see Kofi's tweet when the no. song came out? It, said, no. <laughs> it was just Chance's verse. It's like a minute long. It was Chance's verse. <laughs> he quoted it and said, bullying works.
1: <laughs> I mean... <laughs> As long as people like it, because again, I liked it. It was good. I, th- I thought they killed it. Yeah. Also, like the... Vic, Vic's last thing was like
0: rock, and it like I didn't like it. Dog. He he's tried that on an album before, and it's not good. He's he's somebody where the plateau, like or changing your your sound up backfires. Yeah. Cause I think he, because what's funny is like, obviously, he's not going to get, he's not getting the same renown, the same kind of traction that he was getting when Internet Tape dropped. Because that shit was crazy. People thought he was on like a, he people thought he was on like the one. Internet, it, internet, internet. And his, his musical projects after Internet Tape were decent. They weren't yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. I think he got in trouble with, you know, some media stuff and had some other stuff going on. It kind of fucked up his image a little bit. But, like his the what was the name of that fucking album? There was one where he was just straight rapping on it, and he went crazy. I think it was his most recent, or not his most recent one, but two recent ones ago. It's pretty uh, solid. It, well, the autobiography? The like, yes. Yeah, that, that, one's, that not, one's not bad. That one's not bad. That's not bad at all. But uh, you know, the rock thing, he's gotta let it go, bro.
1: The oh my God. I forgot Chief Keef is on that album. <laughs> is he? Uh, yeah down for some ignorance with joey perp and chief keith
0: that that song that song title's hard though Down yeah for some ignorance. <laughs> that song title's hard <laughs> but yeah i don't know he's gotta let that the rock joint go he's gotta let Agreed. that go also i need more joey perp uh uh content i mean oh yeah you know his his uh his last album was pretty good uh he has, an, he has another song with it's, it's him, Kami, and Vic Mentos called Unified. That song goes crazy, too. I think you probably would check that, that one out. Um, I think the last thing I really have is to go listen to Red Veil's album. Yes. His album is good. I think it's it's a very – he beat the Earl Sweatshirt allegations, thank the Lord. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, having that kind of influence isn't a bad thing, especially if you're rapping on beat. Now I'm playing. Uh, his, I, I, you don't have to be dog, <laughs> but I think his album is good because it's it's very, uh, it's very wise. It, cause I think he, it's crazy because like he's he just when he dropped the album he just turned eighteen, so it's crazy to think about that. And so when you kind of listen to the subject matter, it's you can definitely tell it's like a youthful kind of. It sounds weird when I say this, but like a youthful wisdom to it, where like he's, like he understands the position he's in now because he. Really blew up unexpectedly. Like he, he wanted to be good. He wanted to be great. But I think his success has definitely been fast-tracked to the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. And so, like him, kind of coming to terms with that and like working on himself and getting to the point where he's not um, falling off early. Because again, he's just 18. Yeah. So I think it's it's one of those kind of situations. So. So man, I'm I'm definitely excited to see you know his what his next project looks like but for right now i think he's on a great a great track every most of the songs on here are produced by him and his sample selection might be oh his sample selection is one of the best i've heard in such a long time i think he's not up there with like the alchemists and like the the kenny beats and other people like that as far as finding samples like darren daringer and all those the griselda people right Mm -hmm. i don't think he's up there yet but he has some songs on here where the sample is phenomenal and it really works with the with the song choice so um so yeah that's it. you got you got anything else uh i guess to switch up
1: from the if anyone's listening and doesn't only want to listen to rap florence and the machine their last album was pretty good i haven't heard that yet dance fever it's a uh, again if you like florence you'll like this album it's just more of her being her she's great that's that's true that's good oh speaking of samples before we end I I, I went down like a guap dad rabbit hole the other day because I haven't heard of him in a minute Mm -hmm. have you ever heard how many by him and and Rick Ross Uh -uh. bro they sample uh, do you think you're better off alone and they rap over it no way it was kind of fire
0: really yeah (laughs) I'll definitely go check it out when we get done recording but uh, if you're good I'm good We all good uh,
1: yeah I wanted I wanted to record this week because I think next week we're also taking another week off oh cause you're because going I, there. I at least for sure I'm gonna be in Orlando yeah uh, T might slide depending on what his schedule looks like and uh, if I really want to make that two hour drive <laughs> that too I'm gonna be filming the trip Mm,
0: I'll put it up on YouTube. I don't know. Maybe my channel. Maybe NPU. Who knows? If I if if both of us are there, then we'll, we could probably do NPU. But if it's sure. if it's just you, you can go on Nostalgia by Zoe, It's so big deal. We sure. can plug the other channel. You know how that works. Sure. <laughs> we're are this is a joint effort. Um, but all right, cool. If you enjoyed today's episode, you know please give us a follow on all socials at Andre Alonzo Seventeen at Nostalgia Plus Ultra on. Instagram at nost plus ultra on Twitter, um, you know. If, feel free to shout us out, send us, a, send us a tweet, send us a message, send us a comment. We love to interact with you guys. Um, that's all the time we've had. My name is Asalja. as told by Zoe. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.